Welcome to the Friday edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. The Hi man John. to my left is Jeff Fiegels. Hello. Hello. I am John Schmelk. It's all presented by Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment, Made to Chill. And wow, uh, Joe <laughs> Judge had his press conference on Thursday and it was something. Jeff was one of the Giants alumni in attendance along with Justin Tuck, Amani Toomer, Richie Soybert, and David Deal. I think that's everybody, right? Yeah, I think that was everybody. And yeah. you guys had a chance to listen. So I'm not even going to give my take to start. I uh, want to get the former well, player that played for a lot of different <clears throat> coaches, including Tom Coughlin's reaction. Well, let me just tell you one, one thing that happened. I told you this yesterday, John. Um, the, men, the group that you just mentioned, we were there off to the side right before the press conference started. Joe came over to us, introduced himself. We all introduced ourselves to him. And there were some cameras around. He told the cameras to turn off your cameras. I thought I saw that. Okay. Um, and then he proceeded to go into a pregame speech with us. And it was <laughs> awesome. It really was amazing. Can he, you give me clip No, notes? absolutely. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you that there was, there, was, there was probably about eight or nine F-bombs dropped in there. And that's, uh, the, you know, that's, that's coach talk for you. Uh, we're used to it, so it wasn't anything that, you know, that was crazy. But what he did say was that he was happy to be here. He was humbled, and we've heard that word in his press conference a lot, and that he was going to turn this thing around. And with the help of all, everyone, and he appreciated what we had done for the organization. He knew every one of us. Um, I was thoroughly impressed because when he met me, he asked me about my son, Zach. I heard that actually from that was City. amazing to me that he would remember or even know about that. Now it helps that he's a special teams coach. Now. No question. There is no question there, but he was fired up, John. He was fired up and this is his pre pre before he went up and was fired up on stage. And I think that everybody was just, there was a lot of great things that came out of there. And I know we'll talk more about this in depth because I have a couple things that I uh, take away from that press conference that I wanted to give it to me. What do you got? I, I think that a lot of people have to understand and it's been brought up about a special team and coach, what they do on the sideline, what they do at practice, what they do in the meetings. The great thing about a special to teams coach being a head coach. Now he's never been a head coach, but one thing that he has done is he has, he has been in front and coached, every single player on the football team. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's going to do that again as a head coach. Now he's going, he's not going to, he said it yesterday. I'm not coaching special teams. I'm not coaching offense. I'm not coaching defense, but he's going to coach everybody. Now, the other thing that the big takeaway from this, and I'm going to tell you a quick story about how this means a lot to me for what he said. He's a teacher. The national football league and football has to have good teachers or coaches. If I mean, you, you can call it coaching, but it really is teaching. It, it, it Let's is be honest. teaching. So it's just a different word for coaching, right? Mm -hmm. But in, in in this era of the millennials and and guys that just expect things to happen for them, there has to be good teaching fundamentals. And this this guy impressed me. Now I will tell you this: you all know how long I played a long time in the NFL. There was a point in time, maybe six, seven, eight years into my career, when things were not going too too well. And I had a coach by the name of Al Roberts. He was at Arizona when I was there. He had me on the verge of quitting football because of the fact that he was so tough on me and he was trying to teach me. He knew that I could be a better player than I was. He was wanting me to do this directional kicking stuff and it was driving me crazy because it wasn't easy. That's why a lot of people don't do it. But he kept giving me these teaching moments about this and that during the games and during practice, John, that moment 
there was a time when I was in his office and basically we went at it. And I think you know me well enough now that our relationship, we've known each other for a long time. I'm not a, I'm not a hard guy to get along with. I don't have a temper. This was a knockdown, drag out, closed door meeting me and Al. And it was serious. Um, I got, I told him, listen, I, I can't take this anymore. And he just, it was a teaching moment. My point here is that this guy is going to teach these players. What do he say to you? That, that, well, it's basically, he kept trying to tell me that, listen, I'm not trying to ask you to do something that you can't do. A lot of what Joe judge said yesterday is that I want to coach. I want coaches. When I say to them, if you say to me, this kid can't do this. I want to hear, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear how you can coach him to do it better or use him in, in something that he can it, do. Exactly. You know, and, and putting that, don't put that square peg in a round hole kind of thing. What Al said to me, he says, I know you can do this. I trust you. You can do this. I know you can do this. I have your back. We're going to work on this together. And basically what I told him is I'm a kind of a sensitive guy in the sense Sometimes I get a little bit out of touch. In fairness, I do have to coddle you a lot. That's true. Okay, there you go. <laughs> my <laughs> wife would say the really. same thing, John. <laughs> but my point is, is that I had to tell him, listen, you need to back off a little bit because I'll, I will be willing to do this. But, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a, a give here. If you do this for me, I'll do this for you. And by the way, that's establishing a relationship with your coaches. Yeah, and he talked about having empathy with players. There you go. I don't believe he's going to have empathy for his coaching staff, but I believe he will have <laughs> empathy for his for his players. Yeah. Um, and he pointed out how you have to learn how every individual on your team ticks, understand what makes them ticks. Yes. And you also have to understand how everybody on your team learns. And that goes back to the being a teacher part. He's only a dissertation away, at least as Dave Gettleman said, yeah. a dissertation away from having his doctorate in education. Len called up yesterday, said that's called an EDD. So okay. we know that now. All right. And he talked about how different people learn in different ways. Some people learn verbally. You can listen to a lecture and you can get it. Yes. Some people learn <laughs> visually. You see the X's Correct. and O's on that's the board me. or you read it that's me. and you get it. Or yeah. there are some people that have to learn by doing it. And you're not going to get it until you're on the field, in walkthrough, doing it on the field, then you understand. And he made the point that his assistant coaches, he doesn't care how they have to do it. There's a way to reach and to teach every single person in their meeting room. And it's up to the coach to figure out how that player learns and to get them to learn. Yeah, there's no question. And each person does learn differently, like you said. One thing about Joe, okay, that we talk about it. And, and, and you know, we're, we're going to beat this till it, it, the special teams component gets drawn out of this. But I'm going to beat it until it's, it, we keep going because it's I important. I would expect nothing less out right? of the punter. But I'm, but I'm just trying to tell you all how important it is to understand his – role in an organization as a special teams coach not only joe judge but even um t-mac thomas mcgahee the coach here all the special teams coaches john you said to me to the audience you have to understand how each person ticks and how each person you handle them well he's in front of every single one of them you have yeah. by the way he met every player on the roster every day in a meeting punt return punt team mm -hmm. there's two kickoff kickoff return that's four field goal field goal rush that's six six different teams if you will, in special team, each one of those components of those six teams are different players, right? You have defensive linemen and fat offensive linemen on the protection teams, right? <laughs> you have linebackers and DBs and receivers on the on the kickoff team and the punt team and the punt coverage team. and the punt coverage. So he, but he has to learn each one of those guys and how they tick because you want to know something. If you're a gunner and I'm yelling at you in a certain way, you're not going to get anything out of me if that's the way. I don't respond to yelling. I respond to, hey, John. Listen, I need you to get outside leverage here. And when you see this guy, okay, you're going to do it, right? Instead of like, John, you're going to do this, this, this. That's not going to, you're not going to handle that. Go on to the next guy. Me? Probably be the same way. 
Jeff, just want you to do this. Thank you, coach. I'll do it for you. Don't yell at me. Don't yell at me. You know, some guys are more sensitive than others. So he is going to have a handle on this whole team. I love what he said also about being a physical. I, I thought it was a lot of it was Tom Coughlin, you know, being held accountable. This is the big thing. Coaches love to hold people accountable, not only their coaches, but their players. And Smart, that's something that's happened. Tough players that you have to hold accountable. No question. As soon as that goes away, he use, he loses that accountability from the players. You know, so he can come in here and say all he wants about what he's going to do and this and that. The players have to buy into it, but they have to believe what he's saying. They're not going to blow smoke up. You know what? If he does that, they're not going to react to it. Now, a couple top things that I, I could sit here and mm -hmm. talk about this press for 45 minutes, but I want to make sure we get the calls in. If you go online, by the way, Giants.com, I retweeted it earlier today. I had my top six takeaways. You can check them out. We'll get Jeff's take throughout the day. Sure. And over the weekend, we'll have a Giants huddle podcast. I had David Deal in here. He almost, you were fired up. He almost broke this table. He was so fired <laughs> well, up talking could. about Joe Judge. Yeah, he could. Absolutely. I thought he was going to break me, too. Um, so... Two things that I want to get to that I think are really important and they got me really excited, and both of them are Belichickian in nature. Okay. But I think the important thing is that he's also not going to try to be Bel Bill Belichick or Nick Saban from a personality standpoint, which, which you know, some not. of the criticism, some of his other assistants that have come out tried to kind of mimic his way in terms of personality, not just strategy and tactics, and it doesn't work. This guy is going to be his own guy, which is what you have to be because people will see through the phoniness and it's not going to work. But... From a strategic perspective, and I'll get to the tactics in a moment, he talked about player and scheme versatility. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hugely important. I brought this up before to your point. He talked about he wants to know what players can do, not just from a production standpoint, but physically. Do they have good long speed? Are they good short area quickness? Do they have long arms? Can they anchor? Are they strong? Are they powerful? Are they explosive? Sure. And then you'll take those players— you see what they can do, what they're capable of, and then it's the coach's job to put them in a position where they can succeed, right? So that's number one, player flexibility. And then once you have that player flexibility and guys are able to do multiple things based on their athletic skill set, then you can be different with your scheme. And he talked about how week to week, one week, maybe we'll be a 3-4. This is a Belichick in. This week, maybe we'll be a 4-3. It depends on the opponent. And frankly, it's very Tom Coughlin and Kevin Gilbride. When you looked at the Giants' offenses those years, it would change tendencies week to week. And he talked about not having a set system. And there's nothing against Coach Shermer or Coach McAdoo when they were here, but they were system coaches that coached one side of the ball. They had their West Coast system. Yeah, there would be adjustments week to week, but... The they team runs what they run, yeah. and that's what it is. And even Coach Judge said that, you know, you're not going to find some kind of XYZ scheme that's going to work forever that no one's going to figure out. It comes down to executing the fundamentals. But week to week, he's going to look at the opponent, look at the strengths of the Giants, the strengths and weaknesses of the opponent, the weaknesses of his own roster, and come up with an individual game plan each week that gives the team the best chance to win. And going back to the learning too, Jeff, in the middle of games, he's going to teach players concepts. He's going to make them understand why they're doing things. Yeah, yeah. And he said that allows them in a the heat of a moment to make adjustments during games and change what you're doing <clears throat> to counteract what the other team has shown you. So it just shows that there's going to be flexibility. He's going to adjust week to week. It's not going to be the same stuff. Eh, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, there's no system here. He's going to create and make his system week to week based on what his personnel can do. You want to form the system around the players. It's a player's game. He was very specific about that. And then take that specifically week to week and adjust it to your opponent. 
and I've kind of melted us all into one point now. I don't even make my second one. One week you said we might run it 47 times. The next week we might throw it 50 times. It depends on the conditions, the team, who's healthy, the opponent's strengths and weaknesses. And I love that. That's what really good coaches do. We're going to have a lot of fun with that, the fact or fiction. Will he run the ball 45 times this week or will he throw it 50 times this week? But the point that you make is that, you know, the special teams coach is always making in-moment adjustments in games because there's all kinds of things that are happening. And this is the type of, of asset that he has. And, and he's been able to do this at that aspect. He's going to ask that of his coordinators. He's going to ask that of his assistant coaches. If you've seen some of the sidelines on some of these coaches, you know, Spags was one of them. Spags was a, a defensive coordinator that would come off the, the, the guys would come off the field. I remember I used to sit by the bench on where the defense was. And I always used to hear the coach come off and he, they, and Strahan and Tuck and OC and those guys would be like, this isn't working. What we worked on all week is not working. We need to change. And then Spags would have his, his little grease board and they would change this. And he would say, Michael, what do you think we should do here? Well, you know what? I'm going to move inside. We'll move Tuck outside. We're going to do this, this. They would draw it up and they go out there and they get two sacks. That's in-game adjustments. And since your players have been coached in different schemes and different techniques and they're physically versatile, yeah, they you have to can be. do things like that. So uh, and this will yeah. be my last point before we get to the calls. And Jeff, you can make your sure. final point too because I want to <clears> make sure we give you guys plenty of time to react because yeah. I think Giant fans are pretty pumped up. Yeah. At 201 We'll get to you guys. By the, way. by the way, the phone banks are full. So if you hear a busy signal as we go through calls, keep trying, keep trying to get in, and we'll make sure we get in as many calls as possible. If they're full and they keep getting more and more, we'll even go a little bit long um, if we have to. So my last point, Jeff, and we okay. talk about the type of players and coaches you need to execute that type of vision with personnel flexibility, scheme flexibility, a strategic a uh, flexible strategic and tactical vision for the team. I feel like there's unity in the vision and continuity in how Joe Judge looks at football and football players, and both him and Gettleman said this, as compared to the general manager. They both want, you know, Dave Gettleman's three tenants. Stop the run, run the ball, rush the passer. Mm -hmm. Joe Judge says he's his three tenants, rush the ball, stop the run, cover kicks. That's what defines a physical team. So there's a lot of togetherness and unity in that. So I think the Giants have those type of players on the roster. So a lot of times you'll see coaches come in and they'll wipe the roster out over a year, right? We've seen it. I don't think that's going to have to happen here because the type of players and people that Dave Gettleman has brought in matches the type of players and people Joe Judge would want on his roster. Which, which brings me to my last point, and, it's, and I'm going to segue from exactly what you said, the reason why the New York Giants hired Joe Judge. When he came into the interview, he told us this yesterday, okay? He wasn't coming in there saying that I have to get the job. He was coming in there. He said, I heard this on the radio, by the way. He said, when I interview, and I've interviewed a long time, I've interviewed other places. I go in with it, and I do the, I do my, the best I can. I tell the people how I'm going to do things, and if they like it, they're going to hire me. And that's great. Okay. If they don't, then I'm not going to be a good fit for that people. And that's fine too. So here's what happened with Joe Judge and Mr. Mara and Mr. Tish and Kevin Abrams and and Dave Gettleman when they saw him. The Giants have been looking for a guy like this. This this has been the kind of coach they want on their radar. Did they know they were going to get one of these guys? They didn't know. But when he showed up in their office and he started saying the things that he did yesterday in that press conference... 
I mean, there was light bulbs going off in each one of these guys' head. And they found their guy, okay? And he mentioned it yesterday. You have to understand that was the that was kind of the infatuation that they got from Joe Judge, and that's why they said this is our guy. Because you know what? Here's the other thing. He talked about the culture, winning culture. We need that around here again, right? The Giants are kind of like I, I want to say that the Giants are blue collar. This area is blue collar. They're hardworking. They run the football the old Giant way, right? Defense who play good blue blue collar. Football. Everything that makes Paul Dottino excited. Exactly right. I mean, I was ready for <laughs> Paul to jump up on the stage and you go, yes, yes. <laughs> but these are the these are the attributes. These are the things that are that you call New York Giant football. This is why they liked Joe Judge because they he brings back that mentality. Of the, what you see in this helmet for years ago. Big, tough, nose, hard football. Tough guys, right? Discipline, discipline, discipline. Now, discipline is, is something it can either work or it doesn't. And it comes from your coach. If your coach is disciplined, you know, a lot of times happen things in the locker room, you kind of take the, on the personality of your coach. And that's what happens. Discipline all of a sudden just starts to be normal. You come to work. I loved how he said, listen, if you're sick, if you don't feel good, okay, you're having this, you show up and you come to work. That's what you do. That's what you do, folks. I'm telling you, there's hey, some guys that don't do that. Look, you want to joke around? You've seen me and you show up on this show sick as a dog. Absolutely. We're here. Yeah, we make and each other sick. And That's it's what much, happens. We, it's true. <laughs> Mentally and physically, yeah, by the way. Absolutely. But you go to the football side, it's 10 times more important. It's 10 times more important because, you know what, times. I have to be able to, you know, it's, it's, it's probably pretty easy for for John or I to call each other and call the show and say, listen, I can't make it in. We can probably find somebody to do just as good a job as John and I. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe not. not as good. But, but, but somebody will be able to fill course, in, right? Yes. You just can't do that here <laughs> with the football side of it. You got it. It's a tough game. And he even said that. So this football is for tough people. Um, folks, I listen, I, I never missed a day of, of work. You don't. <laughs> you can't. You just can't do it. Yeah, there's days you don't feel good, but you got to go out and do it, and that's the toughness that comes in, and that's the guys that play a long time. Well, I'm sure there were days after you played 18 holes in the morning, you just didn't want to go. I and, just didn't and, feel and, good. <laughs> I didn't feel good going to practice. Exactly. I was tired, you know? I mean, wow, walking 18 holes, that's about five miles. You know, that's a lot of work. But th my point is that these guys, you have to be tough yeah. to play this game, mm -hmm. and he's going to bring that attitude with him. Um, I, feel like, I feel like there's such a positive – just vibe in this building after after yesterday and again we're kind of you know we get a little ahead of ourselves here but we're excited everybody's excited about this i'm gonna ask you one more question because i can't speak to this as somebody that's never been in a nfl sure. locker room or you know played yeah. the game and you know you hear this and it sounds like a cliche and you roll your eyes oh that's really easy to say yeah how can a coach help convey to a team and make a team tougher and more physical and how does that impact the game? Because it seems okay. like that's something perfect that's just inside I have the perfect of answer. I have Go the ahead, perfect please. answer for you. Here's the thing. You know, John, that every one of these guys on this football team are tough dudes, right? I mean, we've seen it. They're all this is not a this is not this is a very physical, tough game. These guys are tough. Tough. Mentally, physically, everything. There are some guys on this team that have not been identified as true leaders yet that are going to come out when the tough times start to get, when they're doing, he's heard them. We're going to be in pads as much as the CBA is going to let them be in pads. They're live. Going, tackling. They are going to hit that is mental toughness. There are leaders that are going to sprout from this. They're going to be getting their guys up. Say, dude, come on, we got to practice better than this. So it, 
once that starts, there's a belief from the top that you guys can do it this way. We can do it. Here's the other thing, John. And I think you're going to agree with me. And I know Carl would too. The game today, the way they practice, you do not know how tough guys are until mm-hmm. you get in the game on Sunday and you're losing because you're not getting what you're getting in practice. So that's the toughness that you're going to see. The coaches are going to be able to identify the tough guys during practice to have the pads on and the leadership qualities. When And then on Sunday, I don't have to worry about it. I already know because, by the way, you practice five days a week and you only play one. So there's a lot more practice time than there is games. The problem is if you're not doing things in practice, and you always hear like the cliches, John. We talk about the cliches. Oh, you, you got to practice like you play. Yes, you do. You got to practice like you play. You got to practice hard. You got to practice fast. If you don't carry it over on Sunday, you're not going to win games. That's what it is. I'll read one quote. Okay. From one John, quote. From, from John Mara before we get to How about one from John and one calls. from, from uh, Gallimore? Or well, do you have one? I don't have one from Dave Reddy. Wait, <laughs> way to put me on the stavat, Feagles. As Thank you. As soon as I started to say that, I'm like, whoops, I probably should stop this. But I'm I, just going to I, I will find the Dave Gellman quote, you too. Will. You will. I okay. ran out of time this morning doing other stuff. <laughs> I went through John Mara's media veil. I right. did not have a chance to go through Dave Gettleman's. <laughs> so from John Mara, I'll just read this quote. The question, and I think this will speak to a lot of the fans, and we'll get to your calls in a moment. Why should fans believe that this hire is going to work out better than the last two? Okay. And really, that's, that's the bottom that's, line question we're looking at here, right? And it's a good question. It's a very good question. Well, it's a question you have to ask. And this was John Mara's answer, and I thought it was a great answer, which is why I'm reading it. Listen, I understand we've lost some credibility in that regard because the last two hires haven't worked out. But I think this guy is unique, and we're going to have to prove it. We're going to have to win their trust back by winning games. It's up to us to show a little more patience with this coach than perhaps we have over the last few years because he was a first-time head coach. But I think he has everything that you need to be successful. And the part of that quote that I find um, most important is that the only way you're going to win back trust is by winning games when things start mattering in September. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the process of what happens now is important because it gets you to the point where you can win games in September. But, folks, this is a bottom-line business. It's going to come down to winning games in September when things get hard. So get excited, be pumped up, but we're not going to know anything for sure until we get to September yep. when the fun begins. There was, there was one other quote, and I, I, I think it was it was definitely from Joe Judge, that he said that, <clears throat> and this one this one means a lot if you really dig into it in many ways. I don't know where it came from, who asked him the question, but it was the very end of the answer was, I'm going to make some people in the building uncomfortable. And to me, that is a true indication of the players are sometimes getting a little bit too comfortable with what's going on. He's going to make some people feel uncomfortable. They're going to ha- he's going to ask these people to do things outside of their comfort zone. Well, who is better than making people feel uncomfortable than Tom Coughlin? Well, you know what? You kind of saw Tom Coughlin 2-0 on that, st- on that podium yesterday, okay? But here's the thing, John, and you asked me the question. When do the players start to see that? Remember Tom Coughlin? <laughs> I was part of it. The first year, man, it was a revolt. Are you kidding me? We, you're making us, we can't wear white socks? We have to come to a meeting five minutes early? We have to do this? We have to do that? Michael Strahan wanted to kill this guy. <laughs> he really wanted to kill this guy. He loves him now. So you tell me. There, there's going to be a little bit of transition and a little bit of patience but the players, the, the players are tired of losing. <laughs> it's, you don't do this. You do not play this game to lose. You don't. 
You you it's it's horrible. And when you get when you start winning three games and four games a year, oh, it's just it's so much. You put everything into it, John. You know you do. And when you go out there and you can't win football games, man, is it bad? This is this is this is your this is like Obi Wan Kenobi, you know, in Star Wars. You're my only hope, Obi Wan. This is it. This guy is it. This the players are gonna be. They're gonna love this guy. Some of them might not because you know what? Well, but those are the guys you don't want here, though. Those are the guys that are gonna get weeded out. The guys that don't want to work and that. And I don't think there's a lot of them here. No, I, I, like I said, I think the roster yeah. is set up for this thing to be successful. And I only feel I feel like you know the third year of Dave Gettleman, and we always talked about the phases, and this is being the third phase. He gets a chance to, to has a coach that's going to be disciplined, and he's gonna he wants what he wants. Their philosophies are very similar, like you had mentioned. And now the fact that he's going to get that third year and a third draft, this team next year should be well oiled to be better and compete in this division. Well, it's all going to depend on whether or not the young guys on the roster get better, and well, that's, yeah. and, and that's really what it's going to depend on. And we're going to talk. Bottom line. And by the way, ab- and now we're going to have roster talk for six months. So yeah, it's I was fine. just going to say, after this all <laughs> kind of the blow, the smoke blows over, we're, we're going to start talking about the roster. And the first thing coming up is going to be free agency. Well, we got the Senior Bowl in two weeks. We'll that's hit a that. big one. Then we yep. get free agency, the combine. That's yep. kind of all together in one. Then the draft, and then we get OTAs and minicamps. So we'll have plenty to talk about. And by the way. You know, a new coach gets a couple extra of those. You know, they get to come early. They get to come into training camp early. They get to come. What they get the one extra they mini get camp. Extra I mini camp, and you get to show up to your off-season program a couple weeks early. So you know, there you go. And I think that he'll have 100% participation in the off-season. Oh yeah, I think he will too. All right, I've teased the calls about six times, and I all right, let's get to them. Blabbing. I want to make sure I get to it. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. It's all presented by Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment, May Trill. Let's start with Peter in Key Largo. He's up first on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Pete. Pete. Hey, hey, hey. I uh, only have a couple hey, minutes. Hey. I'm babysitting my sick son. Oh, are you really I'm in Key Largo, time. though? Are you really in Key Largo? Oh. Yes, I am. God. It's pretty amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we hate you. you. That's okay. <laughs> first thing I want to know, what person in their right mind would buy a three-year-old a drum set for his birthday? A guy <laughs> named Bruno. Or Peter, excuse me. Yeah. That's right. Worst present ever. Worst <laughs> present ever. Um, so, two questions for you guys. First question: What do you guys feel? How likely would it be, being that the coaching staff is going to be up for grabs, that Coach Cutcliffe comes in as a offensive coordinator or a quarterbacks coach for? Daniel Jones. I'm not sure he wants to stop being a head coach at Duke, to be honest with you. I think he's pretty happy where he's at. Would he want to leave a head coaching and even position his age, to I be think, a coordinator? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I, Peter, I get where you're coming yeah, from. I, I understand too. it, but I, I just I don't think that's something Cutcliffe would want to do. Yeah, I agree. See, my, my thought is if you're a college coach and you're a uh, head coach, I would think there's some little piece of you that wonders, hey, how well would I really do in the NFL? So I'm wondering if it might be possible. Well, I, I also think, I, and I agree with you, I think there's always that thought in your mind as a coach because ultimately you want to... He's 65 you know, years old, by Okay, the there you go. I, I, and, and at some point in time, you got to say, you know, I'm 65 years old. I didn't Thank you for that because I didn't know yep. what I was going to mm-hmm. say. But at 65, I'm pretty probably pretty comfortable on the campus that I'm at and a program that I'm pretty good and at. And you know what? As comfortable as he is with Daniel Jones, you feel like he's already had his time to he's teach done. Jones everything yeah. he knows. So I want to get a new guy in there now to teach him other stuff to make him even better. Yeah, yeah, but it's a good thought. No, it's a good thought. What else, Peter? What's your number two for you? Last one. It's kind of a fun question for Jeff. Jeff, did you have, when you were playing, any crazy superstitions? You know, like how baseball players would touch the foul line? Absolutely. And And did you... I'm sorry. Go ahead. And did I what? 
Oh, and I was just wondering if you maybe <laughs> played with somebody that had some crazy, crazy superstitions right before a game or during the game. Oh, there. I'll take it off. The okay, air. and it's Thanks. a great, you, it's a great question. I won't, and I won't, you know, belabor the point here. But the fact is that most guys, at football is a, you're very routine, right? So. You, you get into a routine, and a lot of guys bring it from college. They start in college, and then when they get to the pros, they have to change it a little bit. But the one thing for me, and I did this for two reasons, and I don't know if it was my shoelaces, okay? I wear a size 12. Oh, this seems like it's going to be really no, stupid. No, it's going to be. You're not. It's not going to make sense to you. <laughs> but I wear a size 12. I, I wore a 10 and a half kicking shoe because I'm on my shoe very tight. So what happened is I would the, – the shoelaces – I would have to tie them so tight that they they would they would stretch so much that the, my shoe it wouldn't fit right. So I would change my shoelaces at 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 each quarter. I had brand I had two pairs of shoes, and I did it. It wasn't that I was superstitious about it. It was more of because of the shoes the way it was. But if you look back on it, it's probably a superstition. But I did that. I changed my shoelaces. Now that you had one of the equipment guys do it for you, right? No, no, no. I did it because I didn't want really? I didn't want them touching my shoes. You know, don't touch Seriously. my shoes. You know, <laughs> so so you didn't have any of the equipment guys touch your kicking shoe. No, oh, the only time they touched is I took it off because it was a ten and a half, and I wore it a twelve. I only put it on when the offense got the ball, and then I would take it off Wait, after. Wait, so I'd you done. would switch shoes on oh, the yeah. sideline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, huh. the, in the cold game behind, you know, the heated benches behind there, there's these little pouches. There's these like little slots. So you put your kicking shoe. I put shoe my in shoe in there. So when I changed my shoe, my shoe was nice and warm. <laughs> No, just a little tricks and stuff. Did that now, work? Did that work in 2007 in Green Bay or 2008 in Green Bay? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I had like four pairs in there, just letting them just roast in there, you know. But all kinds of st- guys have. That's listen, funny. some guys will only eat, you know, bacon on game day or they'll have a sandwich at, you know, at 930. Because here's what happens. If you have a great game. You sit there and you go, wow, what did I do that day? Okay. All right. I ate a, I ate a cheeseburger for breakfast. I don't, can't believe I stopped at Burger King at 10 o'clock going to the stadium. I got to start doing that. You know, you know how people like, I, I know do. that I know when we were going to the Super Bowl in 07, I had my neighbors that they were, they, when we were going through the playoffs, we won the first playoff game against um, Tampa Bay. They, they were like, we stayed in the same, we, we sat the same places that every game, then you beat Dallas and we were like, oh God. We got to, we got, okay. Can you guys come over? What do you mean you can't come over? You got to come over. We all sat in the couch the same way that sat in the corner of the room. They did everything because it was all, that's how we won. You know, it was because of that. Well, well, what other reason could there? So not only do players have superstitions, fans do too. Bruno in Atlanta is up next. Hey, Bruno. How about that, Bruno? How are you boys doing? Good, Good, man. What's up? Good talking to you. Uh, You too. Decide uh, where do I pick up my helmet and uh, where's the wall? Because me, Paulie Dotson, Big Blue are ready to run through it. Yeah, well, Paul's was, already ran through it. Hey, look, Bruno, I gotta be honest. Like going in, I thought it'd be you know real solid, straightforward, a lot of football talk. But he was like deep, like deep thinker, and that that's what kind of has me excited. That he 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 thinks about the game, and there's a reason for everything that he does. Yeah. Well, and if you saw Matt Rule's uh, press conference, I'm glad we got Joe Judge. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to put you guys on, on the spot. I know, honestly, uh, look, Bruno, yeah. I'll be honest. I thought Matt Rule was fantastic at his press conference, too. And I think both guys have different styles, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, one, guy's, one guy's a car salesman, one guy's a football coach. Well, but we don't anyway, know that it? yet. But, yeah. you know, listen, I mean, Matt Rule has been a head coach, so that's remember, the only difference. Matt Rule is to show up and sell Temple and Baylor to recruit. So that's, you kind <laughs> of have salesman, to be. Yeah. You have to be in that situation. Yeah, yeah good point. Uh, I got you. Well, just, just a couple of points and then a, a question. So, does all the Big Blue, keep in mind, our ownership has built 
eight NFL championships. I keep saying that. I tell my Steeler friends, that, you know, eight NFL championships. That's what we got. That's what this ownership family has done for us. Dave Gettleman has built a Super Bowl team. So I think we have the right leadership in place. And Joe Judge, I think he's the right guy. Our cap situation is good. Yeah. The leadership is disciplined with player development and with free agency. Um, as, as far as my, my question or my, my other thought, is I view this as an arms race to build a staff. Now, I don't think it's, it's a race to, to build your staff first. I mean, there's a lot of co- coach, you know, new coaching staff mm-hmm. being put together. So I don't think it's a race to necessarily hire first. It's just a race to interview first. You know, I've called a couple of times this week talking about Wade Phillips, um, North Turner. You know, that, that's, that's obviously not my decision, anybody, any fan's decision, or anybody in the media. That's Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman to, to come to that consensus. So, you know, they, I, I just I, I hope and pray that they start conducting interviews soon. No, well, I'm sure he um, has. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other the other point is is you know I've also called thinking about North Turner and and you know what he's done with Christian McCaffrey thousand rushing yards thousand receiving yards like eight thousand touches you know <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know how multiple he was compared to say the Patriots coaching staff so does this mean Chad O'Shea is going to be the guy who came from the coach the Patriots coaching staff so. Good Just question. want to hear your thoughts on, on those coaches. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you, the call. And he also talked about yesterday that these good relationship with Freddie Kitchens. They're very tight mm-hmm. from back in the day. He mm-hmm. did stress that that doesn't mean he's going to be on the staff, but he did bring him up as another name um, that people will, of course, talk about. There were some reports yesterday that he would get uh, interviewed for one of the positions too. And, you know, North Turner changed. That's why I want to give North Turner some credit. He always had his old school, you know, uh, Zampezi, Air Coriel type of style. But when he got to Carolina, he used Cam Newton's legs. He got the ball to Christian McCaffrey, and he he adjusted. So I do think there is some flexibility with Turner specifically. I also believe that, and I have no idea if he's interviewing. Yeah, this exactly. Spot, by the way, but I I do believe that that he should have somebody on the staff with with head coaching experience. So just to bounce some things off of him. I mean, do you really do you need him? Maybe, maybe I think you do. I think you need a coach on the staff that has been a head coach in the National Football League. Just for just for the fact that. Just things that the unknowns that he doesn't really know about. There's a lot of things that even though he was on Nick Saban and and Belichick's staff, you know, he still hasn't been at owners meetings. He hasn't been to things that the head coaches do. And so somebody that has been there before can give him a little bit of heads up. Hey, by the way, when you go to this, you know, coach this, this or that, be careful of this or you should maybe talk to somebody about this. You know what I'm saying? And there was a report, by the way, from Alex Marvez yesterday in the morning. This is not confirmed. In fact, Joe Judge said he doesn't have a staff in place at all, so maybe it's a false report, but I'll throw it out there that he was going to hold on to Thomas McGahee, a special teams coach. Again, no idea if that's yeah. true or not, just given the report, given well, the information, so you have it. If it's not true, it's something he should definitely look at because when you look at the special teams the last two years, it's been a consistent of anything. And so, you know, and, and T-Mac is a good coach. And by the way, good dude too. he, he is a teacher, mm-hmm. okay? Most special teams coaches are teachers because they have to teach a lot of positions. They, you know, they got to go out and show these guys, hey, listen, this is the technique you need to use when you're running down covering punts. Yep. This is the technique you need to use when you're – protecting punts there's just so many things that go into it let's go to that's Joe. good news though if that happens i'm sorry if that happens that's awesome and again I, we have no idea if it's going yeah to, but that was something that alex marvez had yesterday joe in pennsylvania is up next hey joe hi joe hey hey guys uh man he he, he looks great I, I i love that first what he's saying uh you know 
teacher and then uh, an organizer, and he's going to hold classes first, and, like, they ain't getting out on that field unless they know their assignments first. Oh, my God, we suffered this year in that. And that's that's what I, I really love the most. You hear him, you hear him talk, you know what I mean, uh, uh he he he's he, he's honest. You can just see that, and, and he humbles you. You know, it just talking to all the reporters and everything like that. You know, and uh, uh, team and unity first, and, and and that's what you hear from him. And uh, that's that's really what you want. You know, you, you hear that word coming all the time. I used to always see the the highlights of New England and that Brady and them guys would always. Do your job. You know what I mean. That means knowing your assignments and doing that. That the the first thing. You know yep. that we're not behind the eight ball, and that's what I love about this, this here. And uh, one, uh, what I want to ask uh, is uh, Pepper Johnson. Is he coaching with New England yet? Uh, Pepper Johnson was not employed last year, as far as I understand. No, yeah. uh, well, I, I was just wondering about him. I. I didn't know. Uh, oh, was he there uh, two years ago with New England? Uh, yeah, yeah, Pepper was with New England. I can At check exactly when he was there. I'm sure, given Joe Judge, I think he's been there since 2012, I think right? I think, I think they must have had some overlap over there, right? I think so. I I'll also think that right Pepper now. Johnson's been with some. I think he was with, with Buffalo, too. Pepper Johnson was with the Patriots from 2000 to 2013. So him and Judge would have overlapped for a short amount of time. Two years. Then he went to Buffalo for a yeah. year, the Jets for two years, and he was with the uh, Memphis Express last year as a linebacker's coach. I'm thinking oh. that's AAF. And this year, yeah. oh, I did not know this. Apparently he is um, supposed to be the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles XFL team. Okay, there you go. Yeah. The Los Angeles Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Name all the teams from the XFL. You'd be pretty good. Yeah, I, I can't, for, so I'm not. For his, for his age, man, does he seem mature and everything like that, man. And uh, yeah. he, he talks and he said he's going to hold everybody accountable no matter what and, you know, to do your job. And that's, that's going to give us a chance at least. I'll be honest, you know, so Joe. Walk- thank you. He looks great, and yep. he, if he does half of what he says, you know what I mean. It's going to give us a chance. So uh, yeah. thanks for taking. Thanks, my Joe. Call. Thank you, Joe. I'll tell you, walking out of that thing, I was nervous about me doing a good enough job to keep mine. I can only imagine what players are going to think when they're in the meeting with them. Well, here's the thing: when you're able to do your job, when you were prepared, mm-hmm. and if you're if you when when this team, what you're going to see with this team, and we're going to talk about this once the season starts, and like John said, we're not going to know until September, but we're going to see it in these, some of these preseason games, you are going to see a team that's prepared. You're going to see a team that's disciplined, and that's going to win you a couple games. Not This is the point he made. We cannot beat ourselves. That's and right. In the NFL, and Tom Coffin just say this no all question. the time, yeah. more games are lost than are won. So the first thing you got to do is not beat yourself. Just look at the Giants' turnovers this year. Yeah, you know what it. that is? Yeah. That's beating yourself. Yep. Can't yep. have it. And he mentioned the turnovers, and you know, but he the, the team will be prepared. And if you're prepared, then you can do your job. You can't do your job if you're not prepared because then you're faking it. And then you're not doing it. You're not doing it right. I mean, trust me, there's guys that come into games that have laxed in their preparation during the week. And Tom Coughlin always used to say the key to success, preparation is the key to success. If you wrote a whole book about it. If you're prepared, you're going to be fine. The problem you have is you don't have guys that don't prepare. And then they try to wing it in the games. You can't wing it in the NFL. Maybe a quarterback can wing it, if you know, but you're not winging it to play. And if you're not prepared, that's what these young guys, they have to learn. They will 
the, the coaches will eat you alive if you're not prepared in this game. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Mike in Montreal. We go over the border. What's up, Mike? Hi, Mike. Hey. Hey, nice to talk to you guys. I listen to your show all the time. Thank really you. love it. Thank uh, you for calling. I've been a live and die giant fan since late 50s. Uh, even over my Montreal Canadiens, Montreal Alouettes, and my New York nice. Yankees. Uh, but uh, so I've seen, you know, I've seen Lombardi go, I've seen Landry go, uh, Parcells, and then Belichick. So I just have a comment to make. I really like the hire of Joe Judge, and I'm hoping the day will come when Bob Kraft and all the Patriots look at him on our sideline and feel the same pain <laughs> I did for all those years looking at Lombardi, Landry, and Belichick. Yeah. So great line. I, I, I think it's great. I don't want to take up. I know you guys are busy. But Thank you. But as I said, uh, you know, I love the Giants, and uh, I'm hoping that will somewhat turn around this year. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate yeah. the call. Good okay. call. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for be, yeah, please. Thank you for patronizing the show or being a patron of the show, not patronizing in the other way, being a patron <laughs> of the show and absorbing the content. We appreciate it. I wonder if there technically are two definitions of patronize. Because, pay, you know, you can patronize Don't a patronize restaurant. me. Well, but I, but I think there might actually be two meetings to that. I'll have to check it after the show. Well, thank you for calling in. How about yes. that? Yes. <laughs> okay. Always <laughs> keep it easy one. Keep it simple, stupid, <laughs> right? right? That's keep, it. Don't get yourself in trouble. I was, Just keep it, keep it, keep it real. <laughs> I, was, I was about to make a transition that was going to be mean and rude, but I decided not to. Let's go to Jeff in Rhode Island. He's up next. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. How you doing today? Good. Great. What's up? That's good. I, uh, I got to tell you, I've been a loyal follower for the Giants over 50 years, just like a previous caller. And uh, I, I got to tell you, man, after watching that uh, presser yesterday, that's the most impressive thing I have ever seen come out of the Giants, ever. <laughs> well, but, no, but Jeff, that's impossible. You've listened, yeah, to Bill big, uh, you've listened to Big Blue Kickoff before. It can't yeah. be the most impressive thing you've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, every well, day. Well, you know, prior to you, I'm yeah. just kidding. There you go. There you go. I'm kidding, obviously. Right. No, it was impressive. I think a lot of us were, are thinking the same thing as yeah. you were. I mean, very just to the point and – you know, you come. You, I don't think you, you you came out of that press conference pretty much knowing how things are going to work, right? There wasn't anything like no stone unturned here. It's like, okay, we get it now. And it reminded you of the way things used to be. Yeah, and which is why I, I again, like I said, I don't know if you heard me earlier. I think th they found they 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 saw this in Joe Judge sitting in that meeting, and they said, "Wow, wow, we have found our guy. This is this wow. is who we've been looking for." And, and you yeah. hope at 38 years old, Jeff, he can do it here for a really, really long I time. I hope so. I yeah, hope so. Well, I, you know, I mean, I'm just like every other loyal Giant fan. I wish for him to have every single bit of success he can possibly have. So let's go, Joe. Yeah, let's I go, Joe. I appreciate the call, Jeff. Thanks a lot, man. And I wonder if our well, next caller – go ahead. You got something, Jeff? You know, I was just going to say, you know, 10 years, is, that's a long time for a coach, but it can happen. But here's the thing, John. Yeah, I don't look at Tom Coughlin, look at Mike Tomlin, look at Bill Belichick. I mean, all the successful coaches, they stay places for a long time. But I don't believe that if Joe Judge is, is not successful, it's not for not trying and doing things. I mean, well, well look, in the end, it, you have to have the properly imbued players with the right amount of talent. You can coach them all you want. If you guys aren't talented enough, they're not talented enough. Yeah. And I think a, a big question that everybody has had about, you know, what is the relationship going to be with with Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman and personnel stuff and they're they're going to collaborate on this stuff. So well, and Joe Judge did say that Dave has the final word on sure. the final 53, the same way Joe Judge's final word on the coaching staff, but they're going to collaborate and confer with each other on everything. Yeah, and I and I'm sure that Joe, you know, has has guys that he wants to bring in here and I'm sure that Dave Gettleman knows him. Dave Gettleman has been in this league for a long time, folks. 
And I think that Dave Gettleman might bring some ideas to Joe Judge and say, hey, have you thought about this guy? All right, what about this guy? There's going to be some collaboration going on with these guys. And the ultimate goal is to – and listen, this is the time, you know, like he said, you, gotta take, you can't take too much time. And as John knows, you know, the Senior Bowl is kind of a scouting – excuse me, a coaching – like, you know, it's a job fair there. I mean, there's a lot of people that get interviewed and, and get jobs at that Senior Bowl. Maybe, you know? Yeah, well, you hope you have some of the staff in place before that. Some of it, I think maybe your, your coordinators, you're going to have to get those guys, but your assistant guys. Are I mean, you have about a week. People will be heading out to that senior bowl yeah. on Martin Luther King yeah. Jr. Day, which is 10 days from now. So. And, and believe me, you know, we've seen it before. Even when Shermer was here, he, he, he put his staff together, and there was some hires later on down the road, you know? you yeah, know, the well, offensive line coach was late. They were waiting on Steven St- Kevin Stefanski, yep. so that had to wait till the end with Mike yeah. Shula. Yeah, so there's some guys, you know, and and that's just the way it is. So we'll see what happens, but it, it'll it'll happen pretty quickly. And because listen, they got to get going. I mean, you know, there's coaches in this building right now with a new head coach, and they're just sitting there waiting to well, get interviewed. They'll interview too. That's that's what I'm saying. They're waiting to get interviewed to see what their future is. And I'm sure that a lot of those guys are making phone calls to to other coaches and saying, listen, if I don't get hired here, you know, do you need a you know, an ex-coach for this or what. So that's, it's a good old boys network. It really is. These guys are, you know, they bounce around and that's just a profession. Yeah. But I feel like he has some specific characteristics that he's looking for in the coaches he's going to bring in. And you know what? He may not find that right away because some of the guys, you know, still might be in college and, or might be still playing or playing in games going on in divisional playoff. The other thing real quickly, I like what he said, John was, he says, I don't care what round you were drafted in, how old you are. You're going to compete. I'm putting the best players on the field. So I'm going to start. I'm going to go out this weekend and see if I can start kicking. Because, I mean, listen, uh, he said. You don't want to do that. He said, I don't care how old you are. I mean, hey. After after he sees you kick, you might care how old you are. I wouldn't be able to kick one football, so I'm not going to try out. Oh, come on. If if it was a life or death situation. I would do it. And the world was at stake. I would do it. And we needed you to put the ball inside the five-yard line out of bounds. You could do it. It would hurt. It would hurt tremendously but you do it i would do it of course i would you might I not would. be able to do anything for the next week but I, I may not be it. able to walk off to the sidelines well, okay but we'll, that, uh, just go down they can bring you know the, as long as you kick the ball out of bounds you can collapse after the punt it doesn't matter yeah i'll do it okay one time one time you wouldn't even have to pay me i just by, go do it by the way we have a couple of uh, open lines if you want to squeeze in before after we say that. goodbye let's go to lenin columbia maryland hey len i know i'm surprised you didn't get in your car and start driving up here in the middle of that press conference <laughs> There you go. You know, I was going to start out just listening to the callers and and projecting to the rest of the fan base. How hungry is this fan base for wins? Oh, they're desperate, man. Oh my! So so are we, by the way, and And so are you. Listen, I I don't I don't want to wait two years for the playoffs. I want it next year. You know, chance. It's time to win, but it's great to hear the fans. Everybody's excited. It's great, and and with good reason. And with good reason. You know, um, show up on time. Mm-hmm. Do your job. Easy. Don't embarrass the organization. Yep. You can last a long time in the world of work if you can do all three of those things. And, you know, Jim Lennon, he made the point, Correct. too, that he said all these great lessons he learned from Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, but they just exemplified the real basic stuff that you learn in kindergarten. <laughs> Respect others, yeah. be on time, yeah, work yeah. hard, and yeah, be a seriously. good person. It's seriously. not that hard. And he spoke to uh, – remember, it was a, it, and I don't think it was a throwaway line – 
He's not going to set the clocks back like Tom did, but he spoke to starting on time, didn't he? Did I hear that? Yeah, Len, he he said starting on time. time? He said starting on time. He said be dressed properly in the right attire, Mm -hmm. stretch to avoid soft tissue injuries. That is Tom Coughlin to a T. (laughs) Nobody knew about soft tissue injuries until Tom Coughlin was here, right? Nobody knew that existed. Well, when it's time to start practice, you start practice. That's that's the, I mean, you know, that's the deal. These these guys will learn it. You know, um, of course, a lot of other coaches have that same mantra, but that's okay. It was great to hear it out loud and with the sure. forcefulness of his voice. Um, obviously, it's got a lot of Giants fans. Hey, listen, the caller that uh, uh, called earlier in the show and talked about the eight world championships, and that really is exemplary. I mean, it's great, but let's keep this in mind, too. You know, the Giants have been in 15 world championship games. There's no team that can match that. Yeah, now, true. we lost a few, but listen, we were there. We were there 15 times. We're only 95 years old. So, um, hey, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, the past has been good. It's been a great record. And, you know, one is just um, maybe I wanted to hear him say this, but uh, here, here's one of the things I heard him say, and these are my own words. It's not, it's, you know, it's not the coach's words, but yeah. I, think, I think he meant this. And, you know, and, well, and Jeff talked about this earlier. I, there was a question about how many games are we going to win. And, of course, he wouldn't speak the number of wins or anything, which is right. Yeah. Uh, but he did say, uh, you know, he started to talk about preparedness. And, and that's the one thing I heard, Jeff. This team's going to be prepared. Yeah. They're going to play with conviction. They're going to play with confidence. They're going to play physical. And we're going to win football games. Mm-hmm. You're going to win a couple be. games being prepared better than the other team. That's a yeah. couple. That's maybe one or one and a half games a year. It is. There you, there you go. Great day to be a Giants fan. Yeah, Thanks I think for it is. My call. Hey, Have a good weekend, Len. Great day to host the show on Giants.com too. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Neil in Dutchess County is up next. Hey, Neil. Wow, Neil. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, how, how are, are you? you? We're good. great. Uh, before I get to my couple of points, thank you in advance, Chip, for oh, stepping up to save the world <laughs> and smoke <laughs> scenario. I appreciate it. Um, uh, Thank you. Know, you. I like the, I, I I appreciate that. I like the hire. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I didn't see one iota of a hint of a sense of humor. Uh, I think if he can just put, I don't want him to be a clown, but you know if things don't go great right from the start and it gets combative with the media, um, that's my my only concern. Uh, I can see that very rigid. Well, Jeff, did, um, did he have did he have any throwaway joke lines when he kind of talked to the former players before the before yeah, the presser started? I, I, yeah, I think he's. I I mean, listen, you know, a lot of these coaches have to put on their coaches, you know, jacket when they get up on the stage and do what they do behind the scenes. He seems like I think he's going to be fine. I think, but you know what? You're right. If things start to go bad, you don't want to have the guy get up there and and I don't think you're going to see that because you know what. He's going to hold himself accountable. Right. He's going to be the guy that's going to say, "You know what? I screwed up, or I did this, or I did that." I don't. I don't think that you're going to have a problem with that. I don't think you will. And, and I think that. I mean, I think yeah, that by doing that, I think the media will respect him more. Once once you start saying things like, you know, oh, we're this or we're that, or see the word or we or if it's, if there's no eyes used in this thing, the media is going to eat you up alive because you're not a, you're not being held accountable for your team. Once you're held accountable for your team, you're going to be okay through the media. They can ask you questions because you're going to—they're going to get an honest answer from you. Well, Neil, I can give you one little piece of behind-the-scenes stuff, and I don't think he would mind me sharing this. 
Um, he did the Joe and Evan show on WFN yesterday. And yeah, did, that's and he, what I listened to. And, and he did it from my radio setup in my room. Oh, okay. So I was in there with him for 20 minutes as he did the interview. And afterwards, as he's putting his, you know, he loosened his tie as he's just radio. He's, you know, putting his yeah. jacket back on and we're chatting. And he, he has four kids. I have a two and a half year old at home. And we kind of had some throwaway. We were laughing back and forth about how much harder it is to actually be home and take care of the kids than it is to do 18 hour days at the office, which is absolutely <laughs> true. Yeah. So just from that one interaction, which was very brief, Neil, uh, I did sense a bit of a sense of humor. So yeah. take that for okay. however you want. Um, well, one, one other point. Uh, a couple, do you realize the kindergarten job lasted, <laughs> lasted three days? The man's not stupid. And by the, yeah, that. by the way, he said, it was, he said it was the toughest three days of his life. No, <laughs> seriously, he said he was never more tired than he was year, after those days. You know, he got the heck out of there. And um, <laughs> any, word, any word or thoughts on uh, Brett Bielema coming in as an assistant? We have heard nothing other than the reports and things that we read in the paper just like you, Neil. Well, I mean, Neil, I'm sorry, what was the name? The guy from Co- Brett Bielema. He's a Wisconsin coach. Wisconsin. Yeah, great line. Then he went to the SEC in Arkansas, and it was, you know, it was mediocre, you know, but that's a, the SEC, Arkansas, tough competition. But I'm pretty sure they have a connection somewhere. Yeah, I do. I think there is a lot of these guys, they're coaching trees. They There's a lot of guys that cross paths somewhere here. And they're like Freddie Kitchen was – on staff at Mississippi State when is that what it was when he was there? Yes, correct. Yeah, I mean, but that was in 2005. And Freddie Kitchens made him put together a swing set. Yeah, I heard that yes. story. So, hey, listen, if he hires Freddie Kitchens here, you should probably have him put a swing set together for his own kids now. That would be a good one. You know? Absolutely. Apparently, John Mara was on with Moose and Maggie Gray yes. this morning on yeah. FAN. I did not hear that. I'm trying to see... If there's anything in here, very quickly. Here's some John Mara quotes on free agency. I'm reading this off of WFN.com's website. So I'm just going to give you some quotes. I did not hear it. Just reading the quotes off the website. So um, the thing with free agency, it's a double-edged sword, he said. This is John Mara again on the radio today. I mean, you can fix some holes pretty quickly, but long-term, I'm not sure that it really works. You still have to build your team through the draft. I think the best thing in free agency is it allows you to fill some needs so you can go into the draft and just take the best available player. 100% 100% agree. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't go out there and if you find some guy at a position that's really going to help you, you don't pull the trigger. I mean, they did it just two years ago with Nate Solder. I know some people aren't happy with that, but if you sat here for five years like or four years like we did and taking calls on Eric Flowers or tackle every day, we understood that's something that had to happen yeah. to and, fill that hole. And free agency, you fill some needs. And left tackle was a need, and they, tried, they filled it. Right. And say what you want, it's better than what it was. Yeah. Second quote. If you think free agency is going to fix all your problems, you're going to be sadly disappointed. So yes, we do have to we do have probably the most space we've ever had before, but we're not going to go hog wild in there and spend it all. I think if you do that, you're making a big mistake. We're going to try to do it wisely, try to get the right guys in here, guys that we hope are going to be here for a while. But still, you have to emphasize the draft and that's still the most important thing building a franchise. I think that's 100% on the money. Spot on. And you know what? Listen, you're never going to hit home runs on every free agent that you bring in. And we could go, we can go down the list the last three or four years here. You got some good ones. You got some guys that just didn't pan out. Um, my opinion is, you know, free agency is a crapshoot. It really is. And you hopefully you hit on more than you miss on. Patty F. The reason the Giants went on this is off Twitter, by the way. You can send in your tweets to hashtag Giants Chat. 
Um, we have three minutes. All right, if you maybe get one more caller, if you want to get in, we might have time for you. But I'll go tweets otherwise. Patty F. Jeff, this is off Twitter. The reason the Giants went on this on these two historic runs in 07 and 11 is because my Christmas tree didn't come down either year. So that's the fan superstition right there. There you go. That's a long time. Do you know how like do you know how like brittle and hard the Christmas tree must have been in February? Once they got to like the second week of February. <laughs> yeah, there must have been needle a fire hazard. There must have been well, she could have had an artificial tree, I guess. So that's possible. But uh, there we're mu- gonna go with a live one here. But there must have been needles everywhere. Not only while it was sitting there for like a dog walks by or you walk by, you know, the spring. How about when you took that sucker out of the house? Oh, man. Well, you know what they do now? And it came I came out with just branches. I actually just took my Christmas tree down last Sunday. I thought it was a good time to do it. And I got a real fresh one. So it was actually still in really good shape. They cre- they have these things now they sell with the trees. Oh, that's right. The, the uh, Like the bag. You put the bag under the tree and then it rolls up. It's That is like one of the best inventions ever. It's oh. tremendous. Yeah. Anyway. I just think because they that are was, messy. If you if you go oh, to February yeah. and God bless her for holding on to the superstition all the way to February, but man, you probably are still seeing pine needles from 2011. And if you have wooden floors that gets in between That's the boards and everything, it's a big problem. Exactly. Richard at Trickster 1906 on Twitter hashtag Giants Chat. High risk strategy taking a first time head coach in a division of experienced head coaches and tough opponents, but talks a great game. Now it needs to translate to results. Very excited, like the move. Go big blue. Okay, yeah. Well, the, nothing. Listen, yeah, it's a, it's a risk, just like any even a, a head coach with I experience. Was, that's the Dallas same. Every, will still be a risk. Every head coach hire is a risk. Yeah. So I mean, listen, I the, I think the I, I agree with the risk part of it, but the one thing, the upside of it, is he's young. And I think that this is the what the coach they wanted, a young guy that can really kind of relate to some of the younger guys. Listen, guys, there are guys in the locker room, not many anymore because Eli's gone, but there's there's guys in the locker room that are only 10 years younger than Joe Judge. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, think about that. Um, that's That means a lot. It's funny because when he, when he introduced himself to me yesterday, you know what he said to me? He asked me about my son, which I told you was pretty cool. The other part about and it, by goes, the way, your son will be kicking for Rutgers this year. Is that correct? He's going to be, yeah, he's going to, he's going to be competing next year. Great. Yeah. Um, he's got two years of eligibility. He came from Miami. He switched there, but uh, has he, just the fact that he knew about him, I have no idea how. Has he met Chiano yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Intense. He said, dad, he's intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that Joe Judge said to me, you're going to get a kick out of this. He says, yeah, I remember when you were with the Eagles. No, I said that after with I left. the le- Eagles. So after I oh, left there, Eagles I got to the Eagles. thinking to myself, okay, I played for the Eagles in 1990 to 93. Boy, he, he was 12, he's 38 12 years, years old. old. Yeah. So he was he was 11, 12 years old. You want to you want to laugh? <laughs> Do you know why he knows you kicked for the Eagles? Because you're going to laugh with Eagles. No, no, not because of that. <laughs> I guarantee you he played Tecmo Super Bowl. <laughs> and on exactly Tecmo right. Super Bowl, there it is. you were on the Philadelphia I, Eagles. And I was. I because, was actually. Because, look, this guy was born three months after me. And this, okay. is, this, this is another scary oh, thing, so by you're, the way. Okay, so I'm, now. I'm used to players being younger than me. I've gotten used to that. Yeah. Now the coach is three months younger than me. Okay. I'm officially an old fart. Yeah, welcome to our world. And by the way, he has four kids. I'm only working on my first, so God bless him. Um, yeah, but he got started I, early, boy. I promise you, he played Tecmo Super Bowl, and he had he played because <laughs> Randall Cunningham was unstoppable of in that course. game. He yep. was QB Eagles because they didn't have the rights to use his name. He was QB Eagles. I had 14 second hand, and he was a that. monster. And you were the kicker on the Eagles, and I bet you. And remember, he grew up in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's right. So he was an Eagles fan too. So that's another thing that links <laughs> you to him. Another story he told 
This was afterwards, not at the press conference. I mean, we have two more calls. We're going to go late. Sorry, Nicole. That's just, it, It's just going to happen. You got nowhere to go. Um, so Ricky and Portland will be first, and then we'll have Crazy Man on last to close off the show. Um, and he said his older brother was a contrarian. I think he said older brother. He said his older brother used to run around the neighborhood wearing an LT jersey for I years. I heard that. Yeah. How about that? And he terrorized him when the when the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2011. Well, but he also said that, I believe he also said when the Eagles beat the Patriots, he was running around Broad Street like a lunatic wearing an Eagles jersey. So, And that was when Joe Judge was coaching the Eagles. So he just said he liked to be a contrarian and give everybody a hard time. Well, his brother's smart. His brother's a smart man to be a Giants fan. By the way, and I know people, you know, Philadelphia, blah, blah, blah. You grow up in, look, we all hate each other, and you're supposed to because you're rivals. But you grew up in Boston. You grew up in New York. Philly. You grew up in Philly. Yeah. You hate each other, but we're all, we're all, and we hate each other because we're all kind of the same. You know, let, there's let, no question. Let's be honest. Well, let's be honest. I, I, I will tell you that, I, you know, I went to that game last weekend. Remember I told you I was going to the game, the Eagles-Seahawks game? Oh, yeah, you were, in the, you were in the booth with the commish, right? Yes, it was fun. My son had a great time. He's a big Seahawks fan. Did you try to convince him to keep the kickoff? What do you mean? Keep the kickoff in the game. There's a commissioner. Is he worried about them taking the kickoff out of the game? Oh, no. I, we didn't have time okay. to talk about that. <laughs> but I will tell you, there is a different crowd walking into that stadium oh, than yeah. I see walking into our stadium. Oh, they're vicious. I did not like it. <laughs> were you scared? I wasn't scared. I was just... Just a little bit disturbed at what I was seeing in these people. Were there, just, were, there, were there a lot of fights breaking out in the crowd around no you? No fights, but just you knew that it was borderline. I, and listen, we got out of the game right after. The, we stayed the whole game. Do so you feel I, like at any time a riot could break out? Exactly. That was the thing. You're just, you're just <laughs> walking through, and it's, it's almost like there's just like, it's, in any minute, something's going to happen. There's like tension in the air, right? Especially walking out of the stadium after they, they lost. They were thinking. People you know, are angry. Angry, you know, and I'm used to I'm used to leaving that stadium with getting you know oranges and eggs thrown at the bus. That's just what happens every time. It's hilarious, but no traffic control. I know we're going late. That's okay. It took us an hour to move, literally ten feet to get out of that stupid stadium. I want to remind people, by the way, that you should start sending in your questions to hashtag Giants Chat. We'll take them on the show a lot more in the off season than do we, yes. than we do in season. And of course, we'll have our mailbag feature on Giants.com where we take your questions as well. So, Good. Uh, let's take our final two calls. Ricky in Portland. I'm not sure Make if that's quick, Maine guys. or Oregon. He will be up next. What's up, Ricky? got to be me. It is Oregon. Good morning. Oh, oh nice, wow. Ricky. What's up? Good morning yes, to you. Sir. All right. So, hey, I was just uh, responding to a, a comment that one of the previous callers made about, made about Joe Judge's sense of humor. I mean, you, you, you didn't hear his uh, Cleo throwaway line? Oh, that's, that's a good point. He, he, did have, he did have the Miss Cleo throwaway line at the press conference. Good call on that. Absolutely. No, no, no. He's hilarious. He, he, clearly the right guy. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, he had me, you know, lining up for tickets to, to see the game in Seattle here when the Giants come to town. So Great. I'm ready to go. Well, he is. He had. He also had the quote where I don't remember too many people patting me on the back, and so I'm, I'm paraphrasing this thing, but I do. I do remember the people that were putting their, you know, putting their foot up my butt. He said. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, he's got like a little bit of a dry sense of humor. I would think that that's probably what we're looking for. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, but oh, yeah, he's got a job to do. You could tell. He's, you know, he's he's uh, he's excited. He's you excited. got getting started. Well, you know, that's the thing about yeah. Tom Coughlin, too. Like, Tom was very serious, go about his business. Oh if you God. talk to Tom, Tom was funny. Oh, like, no Tom question. would make you laugh. Like, yeah. he, Coach Coughlin, he would make you laugh. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, Tom Coughlin was the same way Joe Judge is. When, once you entered the building, 
you're you're all work here it's man. business yeah it's all business and when you leave at four o'clock or whatever it is then you do your own stuff and he pointed out that a lot of teams of you know are about entertainment and selling and sales and that's part of it he knows that and hopefully that he understands it because we're going to ask him to do stuff and hopefully he's cooperative <laughs> with that sort of stuff seemed like he was no yesterday. i think like he's a yeah. young guy he'll get it i think he'll be fine and you know but he said this organization is about football it's a football team right right it's not a business this yeah. is about he likes that football and he was all about that yeah well we haven't had we haven't had much to laugh about right now you know and as, as giant fans so yeah people so are I, laughing I at us he's approaching it the right way That's absolutely exactly right. ricky good stuff man thanks for the call and thanks for being a fan out there in portland we yep. appreciate it now we're gonna go to the inferior portland up in maine which apparently houses a very very um, crowded insane asylum and much for one pan to fit and be the only patient and that's Charlie up in Portland, Maine. Hi, Charlie. Hey, this is the only Portland. Portland, <laughs> Oregon was named after Portland, Maine. Is so that true? Go. Is that actually history. true or are you making that up? No, it's true. It's actually true. Now, is Portland, named, is Portland Maine named after a, a, a town in England or something like that too or no? No, no. It used to be Felmus and then uh, when the Indians burnt it down they changed the name to Portland because it was a Incredible port. That, that makes where sense. Where all the shipping came in and all that kind of stuff. It's good to know that people back then were very creative in how they named their towns. <laughs> Portland. Hey, yes. look, I think Joey Special is going to bring in the kitchen sink. What do you think? <laughs> now, by the way, we also had a tweet, Charlie, from AJ Marshall asking about Freddie Kitchens. I know that report was out there. I just want to yeah, reiterate that, that that Joe Judge says he's their friends. No guarantee he'll bring him in. And if yeah. they do, will it be for OC, for a position coach? Who knows? Yeah, I know. I was just throwing that out there. Hey, look, I love You're not what he funny had to that. say. I, lo- I love that he said his, his coaches are not going to be presenters. They're actually going to be teachers. That's a great, great line. And and also that he's going to use the players' strengths instead of their weakness. So maybe Ingram will actually be a wide receiver instead of a tight end who can't block. We'll hope for that. And he also said everyone has to earn their spot, and that includes Mr. Fumbles. So I, I think he's going to bring in some competition for Mr. Fumbles because, remember, he's not tied to this guy, and if he continues to fumble, he's going to be fumbling on the bench. Well, Charlie, I will I say this. Great. I will say this. I don't think he's going to tolerate a lot of turnovers. No. I do think yeah. that that's true. Yeah. Because that's uh, not I, fundamentally I, sound. That's not fundamentally sound. And that's sound. beating yourself, which yeah. is what you can't do. I yeah. love how, I love how you put Mr. in front of the people you don't like. Remember, <laughs> remember Mr. Illness? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Mr. Fumbles? Who else we got here? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I hey, like so- that. He's not going to be the golden child, which is great. No, I, I love the I love the hire. I hope his talk, what he talks, he walks, and I hope he does treat the players as people. And like he said, to teach them and teach them how they learn. He seems like he has respect, a lot of respect for the players, and I hope that is true because he'll get the best out of them if he does. So I, I, I like him. I like the hire, and uh, I just hope Gettleman doesn't get in the way. So that's how I'll leave it. So thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate Have the call. Weekend. Always leaving on a positive note there, trying to pour cold water on everything. He does. Yeah, well, it's, it's Maine. There's cold water up there. That's why he does it. Yeah, probably pretty cold up there right now. Yes. All right, Jeff, final thoughts before you say goodbye. Anything else you want to get in uh, Just an we... exciting week. I mean, a lot of things happening. Uh, we got some. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the football this weekend. Now, we're uh, already late, so what the hell? Real quick, three, Jeff. Give well, me, uh, okay. 
give me your picks this weekend, real fast. Uh, I like the 49ers. Okay. Um, I like Green Bay. Okay, so the two home. favorites, real boring. Okay. okay. And then I, I, I like the Ravens. I agree. Um, and the other one is the Chiefs um, Texans. I gotta go. I gotta go. Chiefs are playing at home. All right. So, so you're going four favorites. Let me yeah. ask you. Let me put it this way. I'll if make there's a one upset, you asking me which underdog or Seattle. road team? See, I think. The Vikings have the best chance of the underdogs. I agree with you. I think it's one of the two NFC teams. I don't think the Texans have much of a chance at all. I think that the Chiefs are going to score a billion points on them. And I I think the Titans will give the Ravens a game. But I think the the Ravens are just too good off the bye. But in the NFC... Well, let me put it this way. Let me ask you first. Why do you think the Seahawks have the best chance at the upset? I just feel like... Former Seahawk Jeff Eagles, by the way. Well, I just feel like like they can... they're just they can win anywhere. I just feel like I think R- Russell Wilson is the he he can do things like he is ridiculous. No, I have no argument. So Russell I Wilson's feel phenomenal. like if they get into a good game, I think he he's the, he's the X factor. Now you have Aaron Rodgers too, but I I just feel like you know listen, both the teams can run the ball. Um, not the Seahawks can't run it as well. Well, they have all the injuries. Yeah, too. but no I mean, Penny, no Chris Carson. But listen, I, I think on your call, with, with the thing about the 49ers is I, I feel like you need good defenses in the playoffs, and I think the 49ers have a good I'll defense. Tell you though, their defense kind of fell apart at the end of the season But I, a I just bit. feel I feel like Kirk Cousins cannot continue to do what he did last week. I, that's the only thing. And you know, and, and I hate to say that, and but, by the way, but they that's have a, the knock on him. And, you know that. And they have a lot of injuries at cornerback, too. Now, Adam Thielen is supposed to be playing, which yeah. will help them. If he doesn't play, then that's going to be a, a, you know, whatever. By the way, uh, what a throw from Cousins to Thielen at the end of that game last <sighs> week, by the way. Wow. See, I, I saw it. I didn't see it live because we were actually going into the game right. the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get to see it, but uh, I did see it on replay. There was no push-off. There was no push-off. Oh, the tight there. end? Yeah. Oh, that was that was clearly pass interference. You think so? Now, I don't think they should have overturned it on review because they haven't uh, done that all I'd year. Feel like just let but him. watching it live, that look, if mm. you want to swallow your whistle at the end of the game, I get it. But by the rule book... That is offensive pass. Oh, and by the rule book, you create t- space with a fully extended arm. That's offensive pass. No, they're not going to call it. No, I agree. I'm not surprised yeah. they didn't call it, but technically, that's absolutely that's offensive pass interference. Did you hear the story about that reporter that stole his gloves and put them on eBay? Well, see, here's the thing. What I happened there? It does now. He clarified that it was no one he knew. That you know was a local so reporter, may or not national have, reporter. Uh, so my guess is that somebody that got a pass somehow got into the locker room, posed as a member of the media. And did it because uh, guys, for the folks or that maybe, don't know the story, or maybe he thought they was a media person. It was just somebody in there. Correct. That yeah. that that's my bet. That probably would be for the folks more that likely. don't know the story. Kyle Rudolph put up on Twitter that and somebody had sold his gloves on eBay, and a fan showed it to Kyle Rudolph on Twitter, and he retweeted the, the tweet, and he said, "Yeah, somebody approached me in the locker room, and he called it a member of the media because that's what I think he's assuming that's who's in there, and they said they wanted they asked for the gloves." So they could charity. sell them for charity. Yeah. And Kyle Rudolph said, this is apparently a really good guy from everything sure. I've heard. Um, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll even sign them for you. Yeah. So we signed the gloves and they wind up on eBay. And he said it was very disappointing. But he pointed out that it was no one in the local media that he knew and no one in the national media that he knew. So my guess is that somebody that probably should not have been in there but managed to either get a pass and sneak in there or whatever. Yep, it happens. But that's that's really not well, you've a, seen that's it. Not you, a cool thing. When you thing. do the locker room interviews after the games, you see how many people are in there. And look at the time when Tom Brady's jersey got stolen. It happens, right? Yeah, well, and they figured out that guy had done it a bunch of times before, too. It was like a whole ring. <laughs> I guess the the, moral, the good thing about this story was I guess they raised $10,000 for because somebody said, hey, listen, I didn't realize oh, that. yeah, the guy that – and this is the other part yeah, of the story. Him, the yeah. guy that bought them saw the tweet and said, 
No, I'll give him. I'll donate him to whatever charity you want, and end up. You're right. And they ended up raising ten thousand dollars for it, which so, is great. So, uh, you know, a, a bad into a good, which is a good thing. And in the end, good people end up making that's something right. that turned into bad. That's into right. Something so, that's anyway, good. and then of course, listen, we got great football this weekend, but don't forget Monday night. Now we got Clemson and we got LSU game for the national championship. That's going to be a heck of a football and game. And keep an eye on that Clemson middle linebacker. That could be somebody we're talking about a lot in the next three months leading up to the draft. His name's Isaiah Simmons. Keep an eye on him. Good. All I want from the draft this year is guys' names that I can pronounce. Well, Isaiah Simmons is good. No, exactly. Draft him. So basically, as long as the Giants don't draft Tua, you're happy. I'm just going to call him Tua. <laughs> I will not even go to the other one. <laughs> I'm laughing myself with this because I butcher names. There aren't that many tough names at the top of the first round. Okay, now, good. once you get the later rounds. Oh, oh, yeah. Then we're going to get into those. That's okay. All, all bets are off. All which, bets, of course. Yeah. I'm going to brush up on my skills this year. You'll see. Which is, of course, what we'll do on Big Blue Kickoff Live. As we continue to talk about Joe Judge, we'll talk about his staff as that develops. Then we'll get into the draft, free agency. We'll be, I will be at the Senior Bowl uh, the week of January 20th. I will have live hits each day uh, with Big Blue Kickoff Live on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to talk about what happened at practice. So make sure you stay tuned to that. And uh, that's about it, folks. So stay tuned. Over the weekend, we'll have more contact uh, content coming your way on Joe Judge. Check out the Giants Huddle Podcast. Uh, the one with Shona Harris is up right now. Uh, we kind of previewed Joe Judge. We did the interview uh, right when the announcement got made. So it's pre-press conference. I did one with David Deal today talking about the press conference. That'll go up. Um, of course, you have Giants Rewind with Carl Banks. We have not done a podcast with him since the hire. We will once we get a staff in place. Then I'll have Carl do something on Rewind. But if you want to check out all the Giants podcasts, go to Giants.com slash podcast. You can find them. It shows you where to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. And you can find them, of course, on the Giants mobile app. He's Jeff Fiegels. I'm John Schmidt. Have Schmel. a good weekend. Enjoy the last weekend of football where you have four games and you have a full Saturday right. and a full Sunday of football. It's usually the best football weekend of the year. The last weekend was pretty good with the close sure games. It was. This weekend's going to be good too, at least we hope. And good weather. Enjoy it. And it's supposed to be 60 on yes. Saturday. So maybe get in nine holes before you go and watch nine, your football in 18. the afternoon. All right, eight, or, or for you, maybe 36. I, if, if, so yeah. check it out. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you on Monday as we continue to learn more about the Giants' new head coach, Joe Judge.